Hey, you listening. Do you provide a service or happen to have a business or are you hosting your own event? Advertise it here on Let Me Find Out, a witty take on all things life, where the listeners can find out the 411 about your service, business, or event. Not only find out about today's lifestyle and culture in a witty way, but also let others find out about the service, business, or event you're promoting. It's definitely a win-win. Contact your girl, Nikki Washington, at lmfopodcast at gmail.com for details. You still listening? Let me find out. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Nikki Washington. Welcome to another edition of Let Me Find Out, a witty take on life and culture. And as promised, we're bringing you high-quality guests, high-quality content, and things that you can use to edify your life and to edify the body as a whole. This week, we have a very special guest. Miss Jackie is in the house. You know, you got to say it like real low key. We can read bios and all that stuff, but I'm just so glad that she's here. So just to give you guys a little background, um, Jackie is known as a millennial trailblazer from Chicago. She has a master's in education and a bachelor's degree in business. So we educate up in this thing, y'all. Um, she hopes to become known as a kingdom solutionist through her internet show, Higher Learning, counseling initiatives in the city of Chicago and her music ministry. So y'all, she is a multi-hyphenate slash, slash, slash all up and through here. Um, her desire really is to just edify the body of Christ any way that she can. And her most recent endeavor has led her to create an organization called Black Christian Influencer that focuses on promoting, supporting, and encouraging kingdom builders from uh, varying career backgrounds. As an ordained minister, her primary focus will always be to enhance the kingdom of God using the gift God has given her, or gifts, and let me correct myself, plural, not singular, hello, <laughs> that God has given her. So I'm excited to have her. I first met Jackie, um, I want to say it was back in April when we both uh, attended a a ministry function for Word Network, and I remember seeing this like petite, beautiful chocolate girl in the corner and was just so sweet and friendly, and I was like so um, in a room full of amazing women, right? You just see this person standing out, and they were just so sweet and unassuming and just down to earth and real. And I remember thinking to myself, I want to do something with her soon. And just happened as fate would have it, and as God would have it, I was able and fortunate enough for her to say yes to my little long invitation. So um, thank you for coming on the show, Jackie. We appreciate you being here. No, thank you for having me. I love, love, love everything that you do. So anything I can do to support it, I am happy to. Uh-huh. Well, so for anyone who's not familiar, I mean, I know we read your bio, but just from a real um, front lines type of um, um, type of uh, informational purposes or whatever you want to call it, how would you tell people exactly what you do? If someone met you off the street and was like, hey, what do you do for a living or what do you do for ministry? What would you tell them? I serve. That's what be that would be my answer. You know, wherever God has a, a need for me, that's where I kind of fit in. And you can see, you know, from all the different things that I do that are not closely related, that's what I've been able to kind of do. And I'm glad that God has connected in it in a way that's it's, it's sustainable for me. So, you know, I, I literally do everything from ministering at my church to you know, singing to to doing what I do for the Black Christian influencers and counseling. I just do it, you know, because I feel like God has given me the abilities to, so I have to use what he's given me. I know that's right. And what I find interesting is, like you said, because you do so much, there's really just a wealth of knowledge that we could pull from. But specifically, it was on my heart to talk about um, church and therapy and counseling and the role that the church can play in encouraging believers um, to counsel because you do have some people who are old school and thought and really hold firm to the, you know, 
just let the word do the work. And we know there's some a manner of truth to that. We also know we have to put practical application to spiritual foundation. So um, what is your place in counseling and what rather do you think the place of the church is as it relates to counseling and the believer? Yeah, so my current place right now is that, so I have my, my master's, like you said, with counseling, um, and I am a very strong advocate of mental health and how you can begin to use counseling along with deliverance ministry to make yourself a whole person. And so when I when I think about that in the church, I think that we have to do a better job of promoting people who have backgrounds within counseling and have gone to school and have the licensing that's needed to use the skills that, you know, the, the world has taught us. And so I think we have to be wise in how we deal with, you know, ministry in, in it, as it's concerned to counseling. And that's what I'm doing right now. I think specifically, like when you were talking about the church, we've done a poor job so far of just even incorporating any mental health aspect. Everything is just right. prayer, you know, word and let it work, you know, but <laughs> Right. Christ even has done, you know, counseling and his his efforts as he talks to disciples and as he ministers, he does talk therapy. <laughs> and we right. gotta just understand that he's given us these skills for a reason. And I noticed that we have so many people that do the work and as a living, but then they don't use it at all in ministry. Like to me, that's totally backwards and God is too strategic for us to not utilize the skills that you've gained in the world within ministry. So that's a big thing that I, I'm trying to push churches to do and even incorporating their spaces that they have, you know, whether it's a cafe or if it's just one of those, you know, places where you eat chicken dinners at after service, have a space where people can go and talk to people who are there for them, you know, not necessarily being talked at all the time, but people who just will listen and, you know, hopefully we can get some trainings going to have people do that more intentionally. I know that's right. That's so good. Good information. Um, I remember where I was when I first decided I wanted to pursue a degree in counseling. Um, after getting my master's degree in counseling, I remember how much of a heavy charge it is. Do you ever remember in your walk uh, the time where you were like, I want to do counseling and then realizing the weight and the responsibility of what you were called to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it was like, I forget where I was. I don't know if I know the exact moment, space where I was, but I know specifically I needed counseling. <laughs> and that was like, <laughs> man, I, I think I could do this for other people. And that was the space that I was in when I really wanted to focus on that in higher ed, you know, because that was what the the space I was already in. And it was so many college students that were overwhelmed, committing suicide and, you know, came from backgrounds where they couldn't talk to their family about different things they were dealing with. And they felt overwhelmed with studying and being on their own for the very first time. And, you know, I could relate to that and I wanted to be able to help them effectively and you know, that was a big part of why I decided to, to incorporate counseling in my studies for higher education, because we got to do better at learning how to, to talk and, and help people through things. And so that's what it, I think for me was a big change was that I wanted to do it because I needed it. And so I wanted to do that for other people. 
so that we can have more people of color. Because I had to go to a person who was outside of my race and there were barriers. You know, there are real barriers sometimes when you uh, talk to people who maybe don't uh, identify with everything that you're going with. But it's okay, you know, even my own counselor who wasn't, you know, of my ethnicity, she told me like, hey, you know, certain conversations, it's okay for you to have a preference or to say, hey, I would like somebody who can relate to me a little bit better. That was so encouraging to me because it was like, wow, so I can, you know, have a customized experience and I don't have to just take, you know, what's in front of me and just learning that and even in the church, how we can be better at not just sending everything to the pastor. <laughs> I'm not, I, my dad's a PK, so hopefully I don't get in trouble, but you know, uh, the pastor doesn't have the right counseling for everybody. So you have to learn how to use the ministry and use other ministers. So people can, you know, have people that are specifically assigned to what God has called them to do to speak into your life. Absolutely. What, what do you think the line is drawn or do you think there is a line drawn, uh, when it comes to, um, psychology and, um, and um, psychotherapy, in other words, like where do you find uh, medications and things like that of like that playing a role in counseling? Or do you think that's even a, a thing at all that we should be even looking into as believers? Oh, yeah, it's needed. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm sorry, people just have to understand that Christ has created us and all of the technologies that come with us are still under his realm of uh, ability and utilization. Like we got to be open to all of it. Some people need, you know, a cohesive version of deliverance and, you know, having some medication along with that for, you know, their ups and downs, the moods and bipolar and things of that nature. We just got to be open to it. You know, we're open to it about everything else. If somebody said, hey, I got cancer, I need, you know, to go get chemo right now in the church where we're at, people would be accepting of that. They wouldn't be a problem. But when you talk about, you know, mental health and, you know, having to use antidepressants or, you know, being put on some type of medication that will help you to sustain your mood and your, 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 your hormone levels, then it gets a little like, ah, you don't need all that. You know, let's just pray. God's going to work it out. You just having a, a sad day. No, that that's a real thing. And we have to be open, you know, the people who do know, like me and you, hey, this is actually something that's real, just as, you know, any other disease or any other thing that you have to treat, this is required as well. And we just have to do better at standing up for that and, and making sure people are aware in the church of what it's about. <laughs> so I definitely think that it has a place and we got to have a training in place for us to know the difference and not just treat it all as one size fit all. That is so good. And I, I love the fact that you make the distinction, but also that you encourage the listeners to listen. You have to be trained and you need to go to someone who is trained. So with that yeah. caveat, here's a little commercial break. We are not by any stretch of imagination saying this is the end all be all. Please seek a professional for yourself. Um, this is even though we both have uh, backgrounds in education and, and in counseling, we do recommend that you go see someone to get a specific diagnos diagnosis for yourself. I don't want nobody coming with a lawsuit up in here. Amen. <laughs> but with that being said, so again, we are sharing from the wealth of experience and, and Jackie has a wealth of experience. So in your experience, um, give me an instance where you would say, OK, this needs to uh, you need to see a counselor here versus, OK, you need medication. What does that look like? Well, I think it depends on one, the person's uh, level of comfort. You know, a lot of times 
even starting off it with talk therapy is hard for people, let alone saying, hey, you need to be medicated for this. And so there are entry levels, you know, and once they get used to a certain level, then you can take it up a notch if you feel it's necessary. But I believe if they're having ideations, uh, you know, thoughts of suicide that are now being planned, then, you know, even having things that they're they're seeing. I know my own personal experience, you know, I lived with a person, my ex-husband, who suffered from severe PTSD, and he was pub- very public about how severe it was. He got in front of a camera and told people like, hey, I see things that aren't there. You know, people talk to me that I hear audibly. And, you know, this is something that's happening for a lot of people who've been to war. And I'm standing out to say that, you know, this is what's going on and we need help. You know, like during that time where he was cohesive enough to say that, it did so much for so many people. And I think that the fact that we are in a space now where people don't want to do that. And then once you get so far, you know, in your treatment, you don't have the ability to do it as much. Like, you know, that was him in the beginning where he was head on, but you get tired, you get weary, but we need more people who can stand up and say, Hey, this is what they said. This is what they're seeing. And this needs to be treated. And so knowing the distinction between, Hey, this is something that's not normal and normal is very, <laughs> you know, I get, <laughs> yeah. it's not a word that you have to deal with, but what's, you know, treatable and what needs to be talked through is definitely a distinction that a healthcare uh, professional can make. And you can be assessed to know that, but you have to make the first step which is going and talking to someone. So I think that for me is a big thing that everybody can do. That's the baseline. Just start off talking to a professional. Absolutely. And I, I think it's particularly for those of us of color, um, it's, it's something that I don't know why, maybe you can speak to where this comes from. It seems like it has been made to be such a taboo topic that really is not I don't know where that comes from, that if you go to see a therapist, that there's something innately wrong with you. And it just, sometimes it just means that you're trying to maintain your health at a very, like you said, base level, um, particularly with the fact that we have social media today and, and social media gets blamed for a lot of stuff. But there are a lot of uh, valid claims to the excessive use of social media. And one of them is that um, uh, mental health and the connection therein. Have you uh, read any studies about it or can you speak to how it affects us? Uh, mentally and what we can do to hedge off some of those uh, effects of social media um, overload or sensory overload? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have read some studies that even talked about the effect of like the likes or lack thereof, Mm -hmm. you know, and how it even affects our what we get, you know, when I forgot the name of the the hormone or what it is that that happens to you, the endorphins that you get Mm -hmm. when you and have a like Um, those are things that you become used to. And it's part of how you begin to validate yourself and your worth. And that can be very very dangerous because algorithms change, you know, things happen where sometimes maybe you don't have anything to post about and people get into the space where I have to be relevant. I have to post to get my sense of validation, to get my sense of worth. And that's very dangerous. I think that we have to be careful with social media to not put our worth in that. And it's hard because I think we've all had that moment where it's like, man, I posted ain't nobody say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that has gone through everybody's mind. I don't care what anybody says. Yes. 
But, you know, how far is too much? Do you begin to feel depressed for your whole day? Does that change how you operate and how you interact with people? You know, when you start to start feeling like that, we have to be careful that we um, recognize it and begin to talk to other people to say, hey, you know what? I'm noticing now that my mood can be changed completely depending on how I'm received through social media. If that's the case, then you might need to take a break. You might need to have some time away where you recharge. And I've done it several times. It's almost like a restart button. Like, okay, let me restart. Let me take a few days away and just, you know, get myself together to get back to reality. I think that's the key thing is that knowing that that is not real. That is nothing that's going to affect you. You can take it away and, you know, unless you have your business or something on it, but you can take it away and you can still live without it. And I think that for me, that's a good way to reset is to take it away and realize, man, I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. (laughs) (laughs) And that that little moment of reset, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, You know, and then you can come back to it with that reality. But as many times as you need to take that reset, do it because it's needed. And I think that as more people say like, hey, I've had to do it, then maybe other people will feel okay to be like, okay, maybe that's something I need to do. I know that's right. Talk about breathe. You will live to see another day if you do not <laughs> log on today. Amen, Sherry. Um, I've also uh, read a, a lot of stuff recently. Now, let me give a disclaimer, y'all. Before I say what I'm about to say, I do not always adhere to what I'm about to say, but I do believe and I, and I try my best to do it. So hum- humanity aside, I want to say this. I have read a lot of studies um, that link uh, food and exercise to um, certain mental illness. I have a relative who is actually going through uh, some illness that is affecting her mind as a result of retiring at a very early age and retiring very well and living a very um, non-active life. And and I mean non-active in every sense, like literally eat, sleep, watch TV for years. And now it is affecting their mental state. I said all that to say, what do you believe as it relates to um, diet and exercise and mental health? How does that play a role? Oh, it's huge. I think, you know, especially as it relates to depression and anxiety, it's connected because you won't have the desire to get active if you don't have the energy to. And so a lot of times that correlation of energy and having, you know, the the ability to stay fit and, and you know, eat healthy and, and be intentional on what what's going on around you, it all correlates together. It's all a part of what you do in your environment. So I think we have to uh, be careful with that because we we do have a connection to mental health and our our physical health. And if we don't pay attention to it, we'll be able to you know, have problems that will generate like what we have right now with a lot of our our people in our uh, own black people, people of color. We have a lot of diseases and things that have been put on our body because of us not talking about it. This is just my personal assessment. You know, we do a lot of keep it to yourself and Mm -hmm. you don't need help. And then we go in the the room and eat a whole bucket of chicken and get some fries with that. And we're eating our sorrows away. (laughs) Those Popeye challenges. Come on. No, I didn't. I thought I was the only one, so I wasn't going to say it out loud, but no, I haven't. 
I, I, I was being so disciplined and I was like, I'm waiting till my cheat day, girl. How about my cheat day came literally the day of my cheat day? And I got that little tweet that said they sold out of sandwiches. I was like, Lord, Thank he's me. trying to keep it across. That's a big thing. Amen. He's blessing you. He don't, you know, I didn't want to because I'm, I don't need something in my life that's going to have me addicted to it. Like, no, thank you. I'm okay. Because <laughs> it's, 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 right. I'm like, I don't need to try it because I'm going to be that every day. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> right, right. And But you're absolutely right. Emotional eating is a, is a byproduct of, of all of those things. So I think it's spot on. I also um, think that sometimes as counselors, we are, I am very good at um, making sure, I know all, we know all the metrics, right? But sometimes applying them for myself can be hard. Is there any area of your life that you're like, I really want to get better at, a, at applying this portion of this mythology to my life? And if so, how do you go about doing that? Mm. Uh, it's a lot of those. I mean, for me, just even being able to not be superwoman, especially for women of color, our, you know, innate ability to just take on so much, uh, you know, and just keep it all with trying to maintain it unrealistically. That's something that is very prevalent for women of color. And that's something that I struggle with. And I have to honestly make self-assessments and have people around me to hold me accountable you know, for what I'm overdoing. And that has been a big help for me because you can't do it all. And I would be, you know, a liar to sit here and be like, hey, yeah, I have a solution for everything. No, I don't. I have a counselor. I have, you know, people who hold me accountable, who look at Jackie and can see when she's out of whack, who can, you know, tell me the truth when I need to hear it. That for me is what I use to keep me accountable. And I don't try to have a strategy for everything and a solution for everything, but I do have people around me who can give it to me when I need it. So that is going to be your biggest thing is that getting the right people around you to be able to notice, to be able to tell you the truth and you not be offended when you hear it because (laughs) they're telling you something you can't do for yourself. And we have a problem with that. We can't take criticism. We can't take, you know, people being real with us. And so they don't, we got to fix that. If we don't, you're going to be looking up and you're going to be wondering why nobody said something. Well, because you couldn't receive it. So we we make some changes to how we accept people telling the truth to us. I feel like Jackie just dropped the mic on you like, boom, boom. (laughs) That is so good though, because we do live in a society today in space where we want the praise, but we don't want the critique. And you can't have the cross without the crown. Like you have to have a balance of both. So I'm so glad you speak to that. Um, Is there anything, final tips, as far from a counseling point of view, if you could leave somebody with something in regards to becoming a better them, what two or three would you give people? Wow. Well, I think for me, the biggest one is just to take time to really seek God. Like I say that slow because we say it and we glance over it and there's not a lick of prayer in our week. We haven't opened that Bible or even the Bible app in I don't know how long. Uh, I'm a person of faith and I think that it is needed in the body Mm. for us not to talk about it, but to actually use it. Like I don't just talk about Christ. I just don't use it as a plug or a way for people to relate to me through my business. It is how I function. I can't breathe without it. I, I'm, I'm off balance if I don't use it often to, to realign my life and how I walk 
And so right. that is a tip for anybody, I believe, is just to to make sure you really are taking time for Christ and not just reading a few posts that you see and making that a part of your regiment for how you receive your daily bread. Um, so that's one. And then the other one I would just say, too, is just be careful with yourself. Be um, comfortable with understanding how much you can handle and what you can't. Don't be overcritical of how you're managing your life because that can add more stress. And then you really won't be doing anything because you'll be sick in a hospital from overanalyzing and trying to compete with somebody who isn't real anyway. So if you're going to look at people online and try to compare their life to yours, know that it's a lot you don't see. And if you have that in mind when you're looking at other people and you're kind of trying to measure up to what you're doing, to what they're doing, you, you'll be a little bit more okay with yourself. So be like, man, how much stuff don't I post on social media? Exactly. Just take that into account, you know, and realize that other people have that same thing. Even me, there are things that people don't know that I deal with and things that, you know, I have to live with that people aren't aware. But it's with everybody. And remember yep. what you see on, on social media is just maybe a fraction of the reality. I know that's right. And I love the fact that you preach balance and you teach balance because um, I think sometimes we do the body a disservice when we only preach complete solvency in every area. Everything's okay with me. I, everything's all right. I think people relate more to authenticity and to just transparency than anything else. And I think that's so, so key to ministry. So last question. On any given Sunday, any given Monday, any given Tuesday, what does life look like for you? Like, what do you like to do when you unwind? <laughs> unwind. Now, that's a question that's good to, to think about. I, I, I do ministry I, all day. I, I don't necessarily have something that I do to unwind. I'm trying to think. Uh, I love superhero movies. And so anything in regards to uh, superheroes. I will watch, I will be involved in heavily because I believe Christ has called us to be superheroes. Here's the nerd in me. Like I love, <laughs> <laughs> I love comparing myself to superheroes and, you know, kind of correlating my life to how Christ has equipped us to with, with gifts in the, the, the ministry. Um, but that, that's an outlet for me, just kind of unplugging from reality and going to the space where it's not really uh, what I'm dealing with. But, you know, a typical day for me, I have two beautiful girls that I have to deal with. And so <laughs> they're uh -huh. just. And they are beautiful, y'all. Y'all need to, when she tips you an Instagram handle, y'all need to go and just like check out the baby. This is like the cutest chocolatest babies you ever seen. They're so cute. they so uh, just, just, just loving, just love them and, and how they are on the pictures. Because <laughs> they're a handful in real life. <laughs> it, it keeps me active and it keeps me definitely on my toes because I have to keep up with that. But uh, that's a big part of my life. And the reality is that I do so much and it takes a lot of time away from, you know, me doing other things. And so at this point in my life, that's where I'm at. I did take a vacation for the first time in forever, and that felt amazing. So <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I saw your pictures. I was like, is that a laptop on the beach? <laughs> the laptop. Pray for me. I got I got to <laughs> I understand. You got kingdom business to do. I totally get it. And for me, I, sometimes doing uh, my passion is like, because it's our passion, it's hard to put it down. So when yeah. I went to LA, LA to visit my aunt, for example, girl, I took my laptop too. That's why I can relate. <laughs> I totally get it. I was like, I got to get this site built. I got to do this. I got to do that. So, but I enjoy it. So 
that's it. it that's the thing you enjoy it and it's not work you know it's just it's just what you love and that's that's what God gives you when you really start to tap into what he has for your life yeah that's a beautiful thing so let the people know where to find you online and all of your handles and websites and all of this stuff yeah so I have Jackie the educator which is my own personal thing and so you can find me jackietheeducator.com or any of Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Jackie the Educator. But my business, Black Christian Influencers, it's also on Instagram. And we have a great website, uh, blackchristianinfluencers.com, and soon to coming an app. So look out for that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Miss Jackie, for joining us. We appreciate what you're doing for the kingdom and just being a tangible, relatable, down to earth woman of God who's making the body look good as a whole. I feel like that old commercial I'm about to date myself. If you don't look good, we don't look good. You remember that? Vida, if you don't look good, we don't look good. So whenever I see my fellow sisters, brothers, anybody who is on the same mission field doing what God has called them to do, I just feel like there's a, like an inner cheerleader in my spirit that's like, go, go, let's get it, let's get it. Because we're trying to win souls together. So thank you for your contribution to uh, making the body look good. We appreciate you. Too. Thank you so much for having me and thinking of me. You're welcome. And as always, you guys, you're listening to Let Me Find Out. Let me find out. Man, let me find out. Let me find out. Girl, let me find out. Let me find out. A witty take on life and culture with Nikki Washington.